BC Trucking Company that had its license suspended after multiple infrastructure crashes in the last two years has now received a cancellation notice from the province. Minister of Transportation Rob Fleming said the cancellation notice was issued to Johan Freight Forwarders the day before. Uh, the release came out earlier this morning. It is the most severe action that can be taken against a company. Fleming said he hopes it sends a clear message to operators that infrastructure crashes around our province need to stop. Joining me now to talk a little bit about uh, today's news is Dave Earl, President and CEO of the BC Trucking Association. Uh, Dave, thank you for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me, Jazz. Uh, Do you think this is going to send the right message? Jazz, I think it's important that it sends a message across the board, you know, so everybody understands that road safety and the rules, regulations and laws that are in place are really important and, and need to be followed. So government was clear uh, in their messaging before Christmas. So you know, this isn't really a surprise, I suppose. Um, how, uh, how do you think this will work? And what I mean by that is, you know, this company operates out of Alberta and I think another province as well. Each time there's a different name, a very similar name um, uh, to the one here in British Columbia. When a minister bans a company or suspends um, uh, this particular this particular company, can they not just come back with a with a with a, a different name? It's not as easy as it sounds, Jazz. And one of the things that that uh, we can take comfort in British Columbia is we actually do a really good job of administering the national safety code. Uh, unlike other provinces, we actually uh, require. Uh, applicants who are coming through to enter the commercial vehicle uh, transport industry to write examinations have designated individuals that are administering the safety code uh, and as well as the assets and directors for companies are tracked uh, meaning that you can't just shut down you know a company one day and then open it up you know the next week or whatever it may be using the same trucks and uh, you know different name it doesn't work uh, we do a pretty good job of tracking that here. So within BC, um, that's pretty much as locked down as we can. Nothing prevents uh, companies from operating elsewhere in North America from running their vehicles in BC. Um, and that was why Minister Fleming wrote to his federal counterpart in early January, and we supported uh, his ask, which was to, to really take a step back and look at this and say, what can we do to make this this better across the country? So, Jahan, this particular company does have an operation out of Alberta. They, through that company, Alberta, do operate in British Columbia, but the British Columbia company, in this case, um, has, has, it, has had its license suspended, but it doesn't mean the company itself doesn't operate here in BC. They just do it through their Alberta, uh, Alberta license. Well, I understand, though, it's a, it's a completely separate entity, uh, so a separate legal entity, and that's part of the issue of, of what does that look like in terms of enforcing laws. And that's not just this industry. It's many across the country where this becomes an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a different legal entity uh, out of a different jurisdiction that, that is running. Um, the one in BC, you're, you're correct. It, it, is, uh, it has been suspended. They're under notice of cancellation. There's a process to go through. Um, but if it's cancelled, they will not be able to operate in BC permanently. Uh, and now you've, you've you've mentioned in this conversation, and you've done in the past, in regards to a national uh, conversation needing to occur, where you know there's one giant umbrella with some of these companies. How would that work in your mind? You know, as that's the sixty-four thousand-dollar question, because we run in a, in a very different environment. Um, this is, if you can believe it, uh, when you get into this, this goes back to constitutional issues. Uh, you know, a delegation of, prov- of provincial and federal authority. 
as much as interprovincial uh, trucking is regulated uh, for a variety of purposes um, across the country federally, the implementation of that is done at the provincial level for a whole bunch of reasons. Uh, so it's not a really easy question to come to. When I say, what can we do to make it better? Um, we don't have the structure to be able to have what we see in the United States with you know one Department of Transportation number rolling across the country. But that doesn't mean we can't do better with what we've got. So, you know, is there the ability to be consistent? Is there the ability to uh, look at principles of the directing mind? Mm -hmm. Um, Sure. There there is a way to do better. Um, Are we going to get it 100 percent right? Um, Well, we're going to try. The the issue of uh, this province and the amount of overpass hits that we've seen, um, you've mentioned to me in the past, this does happen in other provinces and other states. Uh, Have other provinces taken away or in this case suspended a company's license? Oh, I I uh, yes, um, I can't say that they have for overpass strikes, and it's one of the things your listener, um, you know, can take some comfort in, Jez. Um, it's not just overpass strikes that lead to license suspensions and cancellations. Um, the ministry publishes a list, and I can say uh, they do cancel operating certificates uh, from time to time. Certainly not regularly, but uh, they do act and they do cancel operating certificates, um, and not just for overpass strikes. Um, This goes back to hours of service regulation violations. It goes back to mechanical inspections. All of these violations can lead to enforcement action up to and including cancellation of operating certificates. Uh, So yeah, it it happens in BC in addition to these overpass strikes as well as right across the continent. So at at its core though for you, with the amount of overpass strikes we've, we've seen, you know, broadly speaking, is this a company culture? I'm not talking about this company, but broadly when you see this. In your mind, is this about company culture that doesn't put safety first, or does this onus actually fit, you know, ultimately land at the feet of drivers? You know, it lies at the, and I hate saying this, Jess, but it lies at the feet of everywhere, and it starts with the phone call. It starts with the customer. It starts with the person calling and saying, this is the load I have, um, this is how big it is, this is how much it weighs. Um, that information needs to be accurate so, commercial, so the carrier can quote properly on it and dispatch the right equipment. Um, and then when it gets there, it has to be loaded securely and remeasured by the driver. Uh, so yes, um, the driver is ultimately responsible, but there's an awful lot that has to happen before then. And that's where we're concentrating a lot of our efforts is not just on the driver. Um, there's more to it, and and the different parties really need to understand the role that they play and the importance of that role. But you're still pretty confident that this is the right direction, though, to, with today's uh, license suspension. Well, I mean, when we look at enforcement, Jazz, and you look at the seriousness of it, um, I you know I, I don't have any insight or direct knowledge of of, of the case at hand, of course, um, you know, but I would I would expect that the over the past number of weeks since the incident happened that the ministry would have done a full audit um, and really taken a look at what the company's activities were mm-hmm. and based a decision based on that. Dave, as always, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me.